Good morning, Grace Place, on campus and online, by you. <laughs> Great to have each one of you here. We're so glad you're able to join us today on the kickoff of a series called Unshakable Faith. We are going to be in uh, the book of Hebrews for the foreseeable future here, going through uh, a under, better understanding of, of faith. And uh, so you can find your place there, and we'll read in just a moment. Uh, this past week, actually last Sunday, uh, we lost a, a giant in the faith, uh, but uh, not all of you may be familiar with uh, Pastor Jack Hayford, his ministry uh, over the years, and, uh, but he had a very uh, personal impact on Michelle and I. We came to a, uh, a place, a season in our, in our ministry where we felt that uh, the circle that was around us couldn't uh, develop us forward in the way that, that God wanted to take us. And it, it isn't a, uh, in any way a slight against people who were around us in that moment. It was just that the circle was uh, a, a restricted kind of circle that, that had a particular uh, way of going about things that we knew that God was opening up some uh, things uh, ahead for us that were gonna be challenging, that we were gonna face, that we were not gonna be prepared for if we didn't get prepared. And it was in that season that uh, God really um, directed us, and we, we took our first trip out to Van Nuys, California, to a Church on the Way conference. They do an autumn leadership conference for pastors. And uh, on average, there, there was uh, anywhere from two to 3,000 uh, pastors who would come for this, this gathering. And uh, training, it was a week of just pouring into your life. Uh, we heard some great speakers and teachers, but primarily Pastor Jack Hayford um, came, brought us together and really began to, to minister into our lives and share with us uh, the things that we have come to learn about pastoral ministry uh, under his, his watchful care. I, we, we marveled over the years. Uh, not only did we go to the Autumn Leadership Conferences, but God directed me to start my uh, seminary there, and uh, they, they initially had uh, Oral Roberts University, so I started out at Oral Roberts University in Extension there on campus, and uh, then they had to shut down. Uh, we didn't know what was going on at the time. Later, we found out there was uh, issues on the campus uh, itself that uh, were causing problems. There was a regime change uh, there, and so it led to what was formed as the King's University. And uh, I was thinking that uh, this past week as I was uh, reading in the Old Testament, uh, you know, about the angel of the Lord and the article the uh, separates that, that angel from an angel of the Lord or, and, and helps give us distinction as to uh, a picture of, of the work of uh, person of Jesus Christ early on as we are reading through scripture. And uh, that was uh, that article for the King's University, the, uh, not to be uh, called King's University or, or whatever, uh, became uh, a part of our, our daily understanding as students that uh, everything belonged to the King. And I was so blessed in the early stages of that because really some, some great giants uh, as far as teachers and educators were connected to Pastor Jack Hafer because of his extensive uh, network across the nation and really across uh, the world. 
I remember sitting in one class where he was teaching, and this is uh, this kind of gives you a snapshot of of the uh, of his impact on pastors. In that class, uh, there were forty uh, students from thirty different denominations, and um, you know, I, I just I thought it's such a bridge builder. You know, we, we were sitting there. You know, I'm representative at that time of. Uh, the Assemblies of God in that class, but there was Episcopalian, Presbyterian, and, you know, as you go on and on down the line, and then um, uh, finally the, uh, the pastor of the largest Moravian church. You know, if any of you are familiar with uh, church history, you, you may remember uh, that uh, that was an inspiration, uh, the Moravians, for uh, the founder of the Methodists, uh, John Wesley. He was coming across uh, to America and watching their commitment and dedication to scripture and to prayer every single day, three or four times a day on that ship, they would gather and, and they, would, they would read God's word, they would pray together, they had regular devotions and that so inspired him uh, as he came across uh, to America. And that Moravian church, the largest one was actually in Pennsylvania, it was 80 people, but it was remarkable to be sitting in a group of men like that and all of us coming together around the table of the Lord to worship him. And so uh, it, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm so grateful that we had an opportunity for some, some real great men of God and women of God to impact our lives. Pastor Hayford's wife was just phenomenal and I was in their home on several occasions, blessed to, to have an opportunity to to be in their home, and they were so gracious and kind uh, and receptive. And their people, they had trained, uh, of course, they had been there a number of years. Uh, that church, uh, when we were, back when we were going, was probably twelve to 15,000 people. They had two campuses a mile apart, and it was interesting. They did simulcast, and <clears throat> they would fill up these campuses, you know. And uh, Pastor Jack Hayford would get in a vehicle and drive back and forth. He never knew where he was going to speak because that way people wouldn't stay in that one building. You know, if they felt he was always going to be there, they would always be. Um, and it was just a, a remarkable time, a remarkable season. But what I'm most grateful for with men like that is they finish strong. We've had plenty of examples in recent years of great men who've had a, a, a blessed uh, platform from God to speak to us, to write books, to help educate us, to minister into our lives, and to share with us, uh, you know, God's good news. And uh, we've watched them not finish strong. And it's made a, a had a tarnish upon their, uh, their lives and their, their ministries. And, and uh, to see men, uh, you know, finish strong, that the same God that was God in the beginning when he called them is God when they finished and they left this world. So grateful for that opportunity. I wanted to share a bit of that with you, hopefully as a background to what we're going to talk about, a kind of unshakable faith. Uh, for me, a full circle, uh, I stopped my um, go, heading towards getting my master's because of pastoral ministry became, you know, just there was a number of things. We got into a building program. There was just a number of things going on, a lot of different fronts. I pressed pause, and I had about a year left, uh, maybe not even that, a little less than a year. And uh, so I was able to finish that out in a season with you. 
and graduate in, in 2019. Uh, I was hoping Pastor Jack would be able to come down, but he was uh, ill that particular week and wasn't able to come, but uh, was at the campus um, gateway and they have picked up the torch and there's a large um, university, the King's University. Uh, their, their original campus is now the King's University. And uh, some you know, uh, great students and God is still uh, doing some great things. Uh, had an opportunity to see a few professors that I hadn't seen before uh, in a, or in quite a long time, I guess, uh, best way to say it. And uh, so they asked me to pray at the, uh, the luncheon that we had because I had the record for taking the longest to finish a degree. <laughs> and so um, I got a chance to kind of explain that. I said, you know, you students that are in such a hurry, you know, just take your time, you know. Uh, why are you in such a hurry? You know, you can uh, uh, watch Dr. Hertzberger's uh, hair grow gray. Uh, if you just wait, he, is, he was uh, dark-headed when, when he was first my professor, and now his hair is all gray, and it's just amazing. You should take your time. <laughs> really drink in. <laughs> and uh, so we had just uh, a wonderful season to be around some of those those people and and to see God still using them and and great students being pumped out young people I'm when I was wasn't the oldest there was a couple others there but uh, near near the oldest and watching all these young students that are passionate for Jesus graduate and and move forward and in, in advance in their in their career so we want to finish strong and the way we finish strong is to stand strong and firm on an unshakable foundation, right? Hebrews chapter 11, uh, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word, we're looking at uh, verses 1 through 3 is where we'll start in uh, this series. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Heavenly Father, I am so grateful for your word. And God, I, as, as each one of us have come into relationship with you, making you leader and Lord of our life, you gave us the ability, Lord, to build upon a firm and solid foundation. I'm praying that you would, over the series of these weeks, bring this alive to us. What a sure and firm foundation we stand on and what faith really is and how it is appropriated in our lives. And God will be careful to give you the praise and the glory for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> When it comes to explaining faith, um, some, some may think that faith is believing something to be so, but godly faith is actually, when we're successful, it is knowing that it is so, right? And I'll read a passage of scripture for you uh, out of earlier, uh, the earlier book, uh, yeah, the, the chapter just before. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verse 38 and 39. But my righteous uh, one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. 
but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who have faith and preserve their souls. It was William Barclay that uh, wrote, it is not the hope, talking about faith, it is not the hope which looks forward with wistful longing. It is the hope which looks forward with utter conviction. <laughs> so the question then comes, <clears throat> kind of how is faith appropriated in our lives once we come into a relationship with God? According to Scripture, faith is a God-given ability to trust the future God has given to you through Christ Jesus. It is the God-given ability. We're going to land the plane a little bit more on that uh, this next week and how exactly that happens. How does God give us that ability? But it is a God-given ability for us to trust the future of God that He has given us through Christ Jesus. Now, if you're going back in time to where the listeners were and the, those who were first readers of this letter uh, of the writer from Hebrews, the understanding of faith is, is, is a brand new concept for them. They, they are Jewish converts uh, as, uh, here in Hebrews, and they are attempting to follow Christianity mostly on an intellectual level. Uh, they, they, are, uh, they, they want to continue to hold to this works-based religion that they have grown up and understand and, and, and is, is a comfort for them. Uh, had a had a lady one time who was uh, heavily involved early in her life in in a very restrictive kind of religious uh, order, and um, she came, uh, you know, had been in our church for a long time, and and God had really done some great things in her, and was really working on freeing her mind from this whole works based kind of thing. But uh, I remember her sitting down with me one time, and she had a lot of friends, and she had a lot of pressure to get back to where she had been, to, to go back to that practice that she had been earlier in life. And so she steps into my office, and her opening words were, I think I'm going to go back. And then she told me, uh, you know, this, this organization where she was going to go back to. She talked for a good little while, and, and then she said, what do you think? And I said, I can't get past your opening words. I think I'm going to go back. I don't believe God wants you to go back. He's brought you into a new understanding. I believe he wants you to go forward. I believe he wants to take you into a new place. So here we are with the, uh, you know, these who are practicing Judaism of the Old Testament, prescribed activities, the festivals, the sacrifices. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> Everyone who has allergies, say amen. Um, prescribed activities, their festivals, all of these things that were going on, and they, they cannot disconnect. They can't uh, live in this new understanding of what faith is about. Now, the New Covenant teaching emphasized the accomplishment of the work of Jesus Christ on their behalf. And so the writer of Hebrews is laboring to get this across to them and help them understand. So in the first 10 chapters of Hebrews, uh, the author is, has made a couple of points crystal clear, okay? The first one is that the New Testament is superior to the Old Testament. And it, it is the new covenant that we have with God, and it includes all people who surrender their lives to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But the second thing that he is, is making crystal clear here in these 10 chapters leading up to this is you can just say in one sentence, put your faith in Jesus Christ. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
And he's, he's spent 10 chapters just trying to say that simple sentence to them. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. Now faith, it begins here in the passage that we're reading, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now from the original language, uh, in the opening introduction, faith uses uh, not a word that you and I would equate with hoping or believing for the best outcome. We talked about this in our prayer circle this morning, that the world's understanding of hope is, of faith is hope. You know, there, there's, I hope I get a raise. I hope things will turn around. I hope I don't stay sick forever. I hope you get better and I get better and those kinds of things. And that's really the world's understanding of how faith works. And here it's different. The word hupostasis is uh, the word that is used here, which we translate and, and is translated here for us, substance. Substance. That's different, isn't it? From wishful thinking and, and hoping, it's, it's the, the word substance. And it signifies that which comes a, a foundation uh, for another thing to stand upon. A foundation that is strong enough that something else can be built upon it and it will have a sure and firm foundation. And it, and it, uh, it speaks to us about this. I, I'm not a Christian because I go to church. I go to church because I'm a Christian, right? I'm, I'm not a Christian because I practice faith and I do these, things, these religious things that people think Christians should be doing. I practice my faith because I am a Christian. I'm engaged in, in doing the work of the Lord because I am a, a Christian. Now this takes me back to my early seminary when uh, we had uh, Dr. Torrance uh, helping us understand the difference between prescriptive and descriptive, you know? And uh, how people can live in, in, in a prescriptive kind of thing uh, and, and not really ever enter into a, a full understanding of what the gospel is talking about here. Now prescription, he said, uh, if, if I do my religious duties, uh, I will be accepted by God. That's prescription. You know, the doctor writes you a prescription, take two of these every four hours or one of these every seven hours or whatever it is. And so... Uh, there are people that are living in that kind of a faith. They're prescriptive kind of people. They, they say, if I will do these things, then I will be accepted by God. He will honor me. I did all the things I'm supposed to do, right? And, and, and uh, Dr. Torrance is telling us, no, we don't live there. We live in descriptive. The ifs of the Bible are descriptive. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it will be given unto you. All of the ifs of the Bible are descriptive of relationship and not prescriptive. Now descriptive says God accepts me through Christ Jesus. And I'm connected to the body of Christ in mission and in family and therefore I function as a Christian. I do what I do as natural as I breathe because I am uh, I, uh, this is describing my relationship. This is who I am as a person. I am a Christian, therefore, I'm living out that life that is most Christ-like. Right? Now, to some people, faith means believing that you can do a better job or, or you can, you, you know, uh, than you've done in the past or, or, or believing that a loved one is going to rise up from the dead. And they, they use it almost as in some sense, as, a, as positive thinking. Now, there, now may, there might be some value in us 
uh, thinking more positively. You know, the Bible says, think on these things, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are pure, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Well, there might be some value in us thinking about, you know, positive things. That's not the meaning of faith. You are not exercising faith when you are throwing out positive statements. I'm lovely. You're looking in the mirror. I'm lovely. Everyone loves me. I'm great. I'm an awesome person, right? <laughs> There's, you know, it, that doesn't mean that, you know, that can't be a good thing for you to think positively about yourself and keep your mind on good things, but that is not the exercise of biblical faith. True biblical faith has God as the object. He's the object of, of, of our faith. We believe God and we trust His Word. That Word does not tell us that we have any reason to expect the, the richest merchant, uh, to be the richest merchant on Main Street. In fact, if we're true to the Word of God, it tells us that Jesus went through tribulation. We're going to go through tribulation and difficulties. We can be sure of some of those things, right? Now, some, some may fall into a fortune, you know, somebody hit the lottery. I was always hoping it's somebody in our church, you know, first tithe check, pastor. You know. Somebody hit it this past, this past week. So, so it doesn't mean that Christians are not going to fall into, you know, uh, good opportunities you know, or work hard and, and achieve and accomplish great things. But we have some surety that we know about. And one of them is we're going to take up our cross if we're following Jesus and that that is unlike the world, right? It's going to look different how it plays out in our lives. We're taking up the cross. We're going to be bearers of the cross. It assures us, however, that, that, we're, that God is going to, faith assures us that God is going to give us the grace to bear whatever is ahead of us. You know, as, as Michelle and I have been challenged recently, you know, uh, with this, this uh, issue with her health, you know, immediately it came to mind, you know, in, in Job when, uh, you know, and, and Michelle in no way is like Job's wife, but Job's wife came to him and said, you know, this is all going bad. You know, just turn your back on God and let's go. Let's go do something else. Let's, you know, just live whatever life is left and grieve and, and be done with it. Because I, I received everything good that God had for me, you know, and I said it was God and I was blessed. How, how is it now that if anything bad happens, I, I, can, I should curse God? I, God is God. The Lord gives. The Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And uh, my brother Ron was reminding me uh, this uh, past Sunday, you know, Job came naked into the world. And Job said, I'm leaving naked, you know. As I were no U-Hauls. We're not taking anything with us, you know. Uh, I think this, this, this moment uh, in uh, sports, for those of you that were watching this uh, past a week or so where the young man uh, collapsed of, of a heart failure and uh, you know it's 20 23 years old 24 years old just collapses on the field and uh, is is right there near death and and, and the, re the reason that's so sobering to our world you know the, the every one of those young men around that kneeled down it, it is coming to grips with our mortality you know, we're all planning ahead and thinking all these things are going to happen. We're going to win this game, and then we're going to go to the playoffs, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And all of a sudden, everything came crashing down to this, this moment, and everybody's kneeling and praying, young and old, and all across the nation. I mean, there was, uh, it was phenomenal. There was uh, a charity that he has that just millions of dollars came in in the next couple of days, you know. 
It was a reckoning that people were having with our, with our own mortality and, and just saying, you know, wow, it could all end. And, and in that moment, you know, somebody would have to empty his locker room and somebody would have to drive his car off the lot and somebody would have to go home and, and uh, over, the, over the successive time and make plans for arrangements for his services and, and somebody would go through his things and take his, and it's, it's just this, this awakening that just comes to us. It's like, I thought I was going to have forever. I was 23, 24 years old. I had the promise of everything ahead of me. And then suddenly coming to grips with it may not be. And what do you do? And faith is what we do. Yes, grace to bear whatever comes our way, God gives us. You see, faith has a backward look, which we see and we'll go through here in in Hebrews chapter 11. It has a backwards look. You know, it declares that the Lord has done mighty things and acts and he's done them day by day, and he's done them through uh, great men and women that we read about in scriptures. Uh, in verse 2 there, it says, For by, uh, by it elders obtained a good testimony. All of these who were faithful and walking with the Lord, they have this great testimony. They, have look, they can look backwards and say, Look, look what God did for Abraham. Look what God did for Isaac. Look what God did for Jacob. Look what God did for Joseph. Look what God did you know, for, for, uh, through Miriam and, and the song that was born. Uh, that became worship for, uh, for Israel as they crossed over to the other side. Look what God did through the judge Deborah. And, and on and on, they can look back and see the faithfulness of God. But faith, thank God, has a forward look, right? It declares that he can be trusted in the future. I don't have any reason to believe that I, I, I need to stop trusting God no matter what comes and, and confronts my life. He has been faithful. He is faithful. And he will be faithful going forward. Faith is the firm foundation, the conviction that God will do what he has promised to do. Now, there's a lot of things in my life that God didn't promise me. He didn't promise I was going to have this really long life or I would have, you know, a, a ministry career like uh, Pastor Jack Hayford and write 54 books or whatever. There's a lot of things he didn't promise, but there are things he promised me, just like he promised you. He promised me that if I walk faithfully with him, I have a home in heaven. <laughs> and I'm going to be honored just as much as someone like Jack Hayford or Billy Graham or anyone else, right? God's promises to me are faithful and true, and I hold to them every single day. Many Christians, you know, will grow disillusioned in their Christian lives because God does not conform to their wills, you know, because they believe that faith is God conforming to what they want to do, what they want to be in life. They've dreamed about it, thought about it. And so faith, though, is it takes God at his word. Faith does not insist that he conform to any of our ideas or, or, or things that we want to do, right? True faith is like, God, I'm in your hands. I trust you as the surgeon. I trust you as, as the one who gives purpose and meaning to my life uh, in every day and every moment. I am not leaning into my own understanding, but in all my ways, I'm acknowledging you as the author and the finisher of my faith. Let's get to application aspects for us, okay? So faith 
in simple terms is, is believing that God will keep his promises despite the circumstances that seem to be contrary around us. No matter what's going on, you know, we are unshakable because, you know, we have our confidence in God, not in the circumstances. You know, the winds will die down, the storm will come peace to peace, uh, and the, the, the sleeping Savior will get up and calm the storm, right? <laughs> in in, in uh, the lives of the disciples and in our lives as well. We have not seen the end of the story. And so for us to make some kind of a judgment, oh, it looks too dark, and God's, you know, Job didn't do that. There, that wasn't the end of his story, right? I love the, reading the end of his story. You know, he gets what he wanted in the beginning, so there's, there's a rough part of the end of his story, which he thought he wanted an audience with God. When he got one, he got a lot of questions he couldn't answer. <laughs> but in the end, you know, he, he had ten times more what he, than what he started out with, children and, and uh, a household and, and blessings and, and all the things that, that uh, God bestowed upon him because he came through the difficulty and the trial. So it's not the end of your story, no matter what is going on. But I think more specifically, and maybe more personally, we've not seen the end of God's story in our lives. You know, there's not just your story, right? That's, that's for Instagram and that's for Facebook. But as Christians, we're living out God's story through our life. And that's, that is an absolute incredible thing. You know, it is because of God's story in the lives of so many faithful people that have been around my life that I'm standing here today. God's story lived out through them in appropriate moments. They came and, and corrected me, prayed for me, encouraged me, lifted me up, provided something that I might need in that moment. It is God's story being lived out through you. And we read about that in Philippians chapter 1, 6, right? Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, I, when, I, when I was going back and reading, I'm reading through the Old Testament, and, and it's like several times God's like, I'm really done with these people. You know, I'm like they have rebelled, Korah's rebellion, on and on down the line. I mean, it was just this horrible thing. They had seen all the miraculous works of God. They're the same as us, though, right? We've seen God do great things, and then we just turn in rebellion at times in our lives. And God's saying, I'm done with that. And you know what Moses constantly went back to? Your name's on these people. The rest of the nations are going to say, you know, what kind of God is this, you know? He's got, that, that he just destroys his own people. So God have mercy on them. And because of that, God would uh, turn from his, his, his judgments oftentimes against uh, the whole community and deal with just individuals of, of great guilt in that community uh, because his name was on them. Do you trust the future God has given to you through Christ Jesus? Do you trust that future? How is your spiritual vision? You know, are, are you needing glasses or do you have 20-20 vision right now? We can get to that place where it's like, I can't see it clearly. And then we're tempted to leap off onto something that is not firm and solid for our lives. But in the coming weeks, I hope that we can, we can go through Hebrews 11 and you're going to, to hear a recurring theme that says, by faith. So before we finish application, I want to talk just uh, in the closing moments about how can I grow my faith? 
How can I grow my faith? By faith, if faith is required in this walk, in this relationship with God, how can I grow my faith? How can I do a better job here? So the Bible gives us really two ways to to grow our faith. And the first one uh, is found in, in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Hearing God's word. If you want to grow your faith, it starts by hearing God's word. And this means that you got to be feeding yourself on a daily basis in the word of God. You must have a practice of daily going to the word of God, reinforcing and growing the faith that is inside of you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. Now, we are hearing a lot of things in our world that are not faith. We're surrounded by a lot of things that are not faith. And Job's story is, is an example of how even those closest to you sometimes can turn your, try to turn your ears away from hearing the, by, by faith what God wants you to hear. It is important that you have a daily practice of getting into the Word of God. The Word of God is food for your spirit. Jesus said, uh, the, I'm, I am eating bread that you don't, you don't have no thought, you don't know. I am the bread of life, he said. You know, I have, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Uh, it is the, the nutrition that you need to strengthen your inward man and to, and to get you healthy and strong for every attack of the enemy. The second one the Bible tells us about is found in, in James chapter 2, verse 17. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead, James says. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. So hearing the word of God is building up your faith, but in order to, to get your faith uh, activated, you have to exercise that faith. It's, it's one thing to, to hear, to listen to, and to meditate on God's Word. It's quite another to act in obedience to the Word of God. If you want to grow your faith, not only do you need to feed your faith, but you must exercise it as well. You must put it into practice. If God said, be faithful in, in gathering together to worship Him, then be faithful in gathering together to worship Him. If God said, you know, that we should give, uh, you know, liberally and generously, then give liberally and generously. If God said we should pray for those who are sick and they will recover, then let's pray for those who are sick and watch them recover. You know, whatever it says in God's Word, let's put it into practice. Let's begin to do what God said that we can do, should do. We must become doers of the word, James talks about, and not hearers only. Become people who are exercising our faith and putting it into practice, putting the word of God into practice. I want to invite our uh, worship team to come, but I, I have just a few more remarks I want to share with you. I was speaking with my brother um, and uh, just, just a, a few weeks ago, and, and he was relating to me what God had laid on his heart in terms of what they're sharing with their congregation. And it's similar to what we went through through God Talks, so it's deeper with God. And, and while we were talking, I, I felt quickened in my spirit uh, for him because, uh, you know, just something of, of, 
of the Holy Spirit speaking to me to share something with him. And, and what I said to him is, you know, you're, you're challenging your people, your congregation to go deeper. Be sure you understand that for some people in that congregation, going deeper is really putting the basics of Christianity into practice in their life. Now, now there are some people that are already doing that, and, and uh, there's, there's many, many things. There's, uh, God is deeper than we ever can imagine, you know, and he wants to take us and, and, uh, into, into the great depths. But there are people even here today that uh, this is the, the issue, that, that for you, the basics of Christianity need to be put into practice. Bible reading, prayer, serving, tithing. You know, uh, we are those people who are always waiting for the second word and we're not obeying the first one. And, and God just keeps repeating the first command to us until we're obedient in it, right? He's not like, well, there's 10 commandments, like, ah, oh, there's three of those I really don't like. Okay, that's cool, you know. Just do the other seven really good, you know. No, that's not God. He's like, we're going to go through these one by one. The first one is, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. Ah, you know, that's going to take a lot of time. That's going to take a big commitment. You got anything else? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll, I'll work on the not stealing. I'll do that one. God says, no, we're going we're gonna to stay right here until you're obedient to this one. We're not going anywhere else. Deeper in faith means different things for different people according to where you are in your walk with the Lord. As, as you mature in Christ, there are new dimensions and depths that God takes you into. You move from being a student to being a teacher, from being a receiver to being a giver, from being a, a, a prayer beginner to being a prayer warrior, right? from being a member of a serving team to being the leader of the serving team, from being a bashful Christian to being a bold Christian. I talk about my faith and I'm bold in it. I believe what I practice. And I practice it because I am a Christian, not because I'm trying to earn my way into God's favor, right? I've been born again. I'm saved, I am grateful, and everything I'm doing is descriptive out of my gratefulness of what God has done for me. So it's challenging, I said, you know, for some people that you're talking to, be careful that you're not trying to go too far ahead because the basics of Christianity is where they're at. And, and, and as we were talking, he's like, oh my gosh, that's so good. He said, I know that's from the Lord for me right now. Because as you're talking, I'm just thinking through people that I'm going to be ministering to. And there are people that are struggling just in the very basics. Bible reading, prayer on a daily basis, serving, tithing. I really thank you for that. I want to, let's pray together about it. That God will help us to understand where we are and become obedient to that and move forward.